Good morning. It's Friday, July 10th, 2015. This is Tech Talk Today, episode 196. My name is Chris. And I'm Angela. Hey, good morning, Angela. Hello. Sorry about the rough drive over here this morning. Are you okay? Yeah. No no worse for the wear? A little shaken up. I had a little too much AM or FM radio. Oh, really? <laughs> All the way. No. Oh. <laughs> Overexposed. It was kind of nice. Yeah. I don't really commute. I normally listen to Rainbow Rocks, you know, because I have kids. kids in the car. So the radio is a nice, you know, morning talk show. Yeah. Nice yeah. break. Uh, all right. Well, we have some interesting stories to get into and some historic stories to get into as well. We're going to take a little a page out of SciBite this morning. How about that? Yes. Are you ready for that? Yes. All right. But first, before we get to that, we've got to cover some important news. Time-appropriate greetings, Mumble Room. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello there. Look at that. That sounds like a room of people. <laughs> it is a room of people. We I mean, like, The Friday wow. show. I know. Sometimes I feel like we should just have one big show uh, on Fridays. Yeah. Because it's like there's a lot of people that show up on Friday. And it's always some interesting stories. You could always kind of look back from the week. Let's start with this one. We've talked about the OPM breach. Well, in another unrelated but yet related breach, whatever the heck that means, <laughs> it now has been revealed that 21.5 million people were swept up in a colossal breach of government computer systems. Uh, every person given a government background check for the last 15 years has probably been affected by this. The Office of Personnel Management said in announcing the results of a forensic investigation. Now, the agency said hackers stole sensitive information, including addresses, health, and financial history. Oh, yeah. Wow. And other private details from 19.7 million people who had been subject to government background checks, as well as 1.8 million others, including their spouses and friends. The theft was separate from, but related to the breach revealed last month that we've covered on this show and TechSnap that... Uh, exposed 4.2 million federal employees. How, what do you think about them numbers, Ange? 21.5 well, million. Like, so then does <clears throat> does identity even matter anymore? Yeah, it's going to be really you know, hard. And like, I wonder, am I in this since in the last, so as it says yeah, in the last 15 years, yeah. I, I applied for a school district. Well, and I, I mean, I didn't do a government job, but I had Boeing Boeing background stuff. See, I don't know if that which, would be a government background check. And I don't know if mine is a state mm, background check. I mean, I'm sure they do a federal. Yeah, I don't know. So maybe I'm in this. I could, my records for all I know could be in this. And, like, who hacked it and are they – well, they're well, probably selling it out. The leak probably? is uh, – the the unconfirmed leaks is that China did it, but there's no there's been no official – Huh. It's just so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is, like, uh, what what can you do? Yeah, like, th- thank, thank goodness all those people that just keep their information off the internet are doing that because – you well, know. they can't see. This is wouldn't want their wouldn't want their. But but then oh, again, that's your point. Yeah, there's nothing the point they can is, do because yeah. this, no, it's yeah. already like just yeah, relax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Derek Devlin, uh, you want to make a point? Go ahead on the background checks. Yeah, the, they just wanted to do a background check as well. What's wrong with that? Yeah, <laughs> they're just taking a shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> the hackers are taking a shortcut. Yeah, well, you know those guys over there seem to do pretty good work. We'll just check their work and save ourselves the time. Yeah. Oh jeez, I don't know what to make of it. I, I, it does seem like it's not a uh, it's not a hacking group necessarily because we're not seeing the data necessarily pop up online, which does t- kind of lend itself to a Yet. state. You know, I uh, you on a former tech talk today we watched a commercial where it said that the viruses will stay could stay dormant for like six months. And yeah, then, you know, yeah, it could just be that they're just waiting. Yeah, it could be that they could be waiting. Yeah, that way because it's so, so they don't want to get it tracked back to them. They got to be really careful. But I, I, my sense tells me this is probably a state actor. When you want that kind of information, yeah, that level and that sustained level, it makes me think it probably is somebody that's got resources to pull that off. I just don't understand what they do with that information. Impersonate people, identity theft. Figure out people's passwords, hmm. monitor people, Jeez. establish network connections about people, data. You know, data is very va- valuable. 
Uh, Daredevil, you had a plot twist? Yes. Uh, okay, so the U.S. has been currently reducing its uh, capabilities of retaining through legislative process. What about if we had a foreign company that it's ours, but it's on another soil, so it doesn't matter, that does this attack, gets access, retains the data, and when we delete the data, because we're mandated, so we still have it somewhere else. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that's, these are good plot twists. I like it. Yeah. I need a soundboard. Dun, dun, dun. It's an, yeah, <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about uh, government resources and uh, something that uh, this is this is the uh, side bite portion of the, uh, you know what we need to do. If we're going to do this right, we should bust it out and we should do like a, a, a spacecraft update or something like that. What do you think? You want to yep. do one? Okay. Yes. Yeah. We'll do a spacecraft update. <laughs> All right, this is amazing. Uh, this is incredible. So I'm going to give you the background, and then we'll get to the goodies. Uh, so you guys probably know about uh, this, at least somewhat. The, there's a probe that's uh, nearing Pluto right now. It's called the New Horizons spacecraft. It's going to be within uh, 6,000 miles of Pluto's surface uh, at uh, 7.50, about 7.49 on July 14th. The probe has given scientists a scare, though. This is all happening really soon, because on Saturday, this last Saturday, Ange, yeah. uh, they lost contact during a computer glitch at the John Hopkins University, and they, uh, they said they actually lost data. Uh, they lost some uh, measurements, including some images, but the spacecraft, spacecraft Im- uh, instruments are now operating flawlessly. Uh, so uh, the New Horizons uh, core mission here is to map the surface of Pluto and Charon, its uh, largest, closest moon, to study Pluto's atmosphere and to take temperature readings. And here's the, here's the interesting part, Ange. The spacecraft was launched on July 19th, 2006. And it's wow. been hurling towards Pluto. Before then, Pluto wasn't even considered a, d- a dwarf planet when yeah. they launched it. Yeah. Uh, and so here is a, an, one of the NASA scientists, one of the uh, guys involved with this, talking about what they've discovered so far and why he's excited. It's just juicier and juicier. It's amazing. Uh, the science team is just drooling over these pictures. If you look at the new pictures now, it's already five to these six are, times we've, better we've never resolution had like than, than what we've been able to get before. And can you imagine that we're actually going to get some images of Pluto that are 100 times higher resolution than these images coming in from six days to three days, you're doubling, you know, the... So this right here is a uh, snapshot of (laughs) the last three days, July 1st, 3rd, and then later in July 3rd, towards the end of the day. As they get closer and closer, the resolution's been getting better and better of Pluto. Now we're getting some serious details. We've had previous uh, images that have gotten us the color, and so they're compositing the color images with these... Resolution four times as much many pixels across the objects. Uh, we're going to start to get more compositional information on uh, you know Pluto and Charon, trying to you know to tease out. We're already seeing some of the things Look that we've that. seen in the past, but trying to tease out new information, things that we've never seen before, and that's what we're, this mission is really after. Uh, we're going to rewrite the book. So this is more than just verifying the stuff you saw earlier was there. Now you're getting into the details that yeah that's there and. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, we didn't have any idea really what to expect, uh, you know, hardly at all. And and this is it. This is our once in a lifetime opportunity to see it. Enjoy the ride. So pretty neat. And uh, I want to show you the pictures one more time for those of you watching the video version, because this is this is kind of amazing to see these. Um, We've never seen anything like this. There it is. That's Sharon over there. And there's Pluto. And uh, here's a color version of it right there. This is a composite color. And these are from uh, these are from the eighth. You know, like a week ago, Dylan was at the breakfast table and said, Mom, did you know that Pluto used to not be a planet? It's a planet now. Uh, NASA's unmanned New Horizons spacecraft is closing on the Pluto system after more than a nine-year, three-billion-mile journey. On July 14th, it will zip past Pluto at 30,000 miles per hour. 
with a suite of seven science and scientific instruments gathering data. The mission will complete initial reconnaissance of the solar system with the first ever look at the icy dwarf planet. And then it's going on to the Kepler belt. It's going to continue on. That is so cool. Yeah. It's amazing. It it's, makes me want to look, look up the that. order of the planets to figure out, like, how many planets did it pass just to get look to at Pluto. Look at that. Look at that. Well, Pluto's the last one out there. Look at is that. It, uh, look at that. That's Pluto. That's amazing to well, see did that. did it get pictures of any other planets on the way? It's gotten pl- – yeah. There's, okay. Yeah, there's – but look, this is – Yeah, I know. Look, it's not like – it's not like uh, – you know, it's not like it's uh, just uh, – you just take a right over here and a left over there to swing I by know. Saturn. I know. You know? Your face. <laughs> 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 I know. I know. Uh, all right, Andrews. Guess what? It's been a little while since we've had a Kickstarter of the week. Are you ready Ooh. for a Kickstarter of the week? Sure. You want to kick it a little bit? Kick all it. right. This one is called Trackies. It's coming out of uh, the Netherlands, Amsterdam, to be specific, and uh, it has 207 backers as we record this episode. It needs to get $112,000 with 40 days to go. It only has $25,000. It's Trackies, a multifunctional microcomputer for your things. Let's check it out. What? Yeah. You ready for this? Okay. Hold on. I'm going to unmute. There we go. This funny. Meet the Trackies node. A node is a tiny device that forms smart networks to help you find your things even before you know that they're missing. This is Julie. She's got it all. A dream job, a great apartment, and a boyfriend who thinks the world of her. She's always in a rush and often leaves her phone or other things behind. This is Paul. Like Julie, he's got the dream job, a great apartment, and a wonderful, if rushed, girlfriend. But Paul also has trackies. With trackies, Paul never leaves home without the things he needs. That's because trackies makes objects smart, creating a network that attaches Paul to his personal belongings. Trackies wake up automatically in the morning and warn him when he's about to leave something behind. And of course, they help him find it back. Trackies gives your things a voice, ensuring that Paul never forgets any of his things ever again. With trackies attached to his belongings, Paul can rest easy, knowing life just got a whole lot simpler. Hi, I'm Adrian, and since 1999, we've been thinking about connecting people and the places around them. It really came together for us at the European Space Agency, BIC. Through research, we became experts in connecting people, places, and objects, and the world around us. It took a long time, and it was a lot of effort, but we've created something really interesting, something really new, and something that can really help you in your daily life. So we're making a smart mesh network of your things, so your things can talk to each other. And with IPv6, there's really no limit to how many devices we can connect. With our programmable Bluetooth button, you can control any other smart device in the world. This was all made possible by our production partner, JBL. Hi, I'm Ron Kuiper from JBL. We look forward to providing trackies with our very first pattern Bluetooth antenna and supporting them through validation and production to secure a successful product launch. In the last year, we have been designing our products to be this small. Apart from being a locating device, it is also a Bluetooth button. And it contains a lot of sensors and electronics inside that can give you feedback from all of the things around you. The design is aesthetically appealing, but also very functional and can be attached to a lot of different accessories. Right now, we're making the coolest interaction and tracking device out there because safety and peace of mind is most important to us. We've partnered with a great production company to guarantee that quality. Now we need your help to get it produced faster and to bring to life a world full of great ideas and solutions that make all of our lives easier. Thank Thank you! you. (laughs) 
So what do you think, Ange? Would you, uh, would I you... think it's exactly like tile, and just like tile, it's way too fat and bulky to actually attach to your stuff, especially phones. And, you know, I think they should partner with some sort of cancer foundation because we're all going to have cancer from all these things trying to connect to crap on our bodies. Wow. Wow. You just went all in on that so one, So there didn't it you? is. You went all in, didn't you? I have an educated now, opinion on it. Uh, <laughs> uh, do we Ish. have... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess the tags are kind of big. I'll they give you are that. big. Yeah, I'll give you that. They are a little big. Like, unless you can just download the software and tell your phone to connect to that network via b- Bluetooth and, mm-hmm. or wireless yeah. instead of actually yeah. attaching one to your phone... But, yeah. Hmm. All right, Mumble Room, what do you guys think? Do you lose things? Do you forget? For me, I like Angela can attest to this. Uh, if if I have any any distraction when I'm leaving the when I'm leaving the house, I forget something, and it could be something like my wallet, my phone, my lunch. That's the most common one. Uh, so if I could have a trackie on a lunchbox, a trackie on my wallet, and a trackie on my cell phone, and then when I left the house, it would say, "Hey, dummy." And you know what? To a degree, Android Wear has helped with this because I have Wear Buddy. And if I if I leave my phone behind, my watch buzzes at me. So I know. Oh, I forgot yeah. my phone. <clears throat> you wouldn't be able to put it on your wallet. But let's let's see what the Mumba Room says. How big is it? I guess I'm not able to tell how big it actually is. That's what so. she said. <laughs> well, what would you describe it, Andrew? What would you compare that to? <laughs> uh, well. It's a little. It's Can definitely bigger than a quarter, hand? and it's about looks like the size, uh, the thickness of an Oreo. It's about the size of a quarter yeah. and the thickness of an Oreo. It's pretty big. It's actually looks. Well, it bi- would be fine on a keychain. Yeah, it'd be fine on a keychain, and um, I do. I have a tile, and it also it has a hole. It's um yeah. square, yeah, and it can go on a keychain. Right, that's easy. But like the wallet, the like the if keys are made, actually the thing I forget the least because if, I can't yeah. leave without my keys. Right. Or your phone. Like, I don't leave without my phone. I usually don't leave without my phone. I very rarely It falls out of your phone. pocket sometimes, but that's really the yeah. only time you lose it. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty that much. That being said, I don't want a solution like this for a wallet. I want for some company to finally come up with something that will allow me not to carry my wallet yeah, around. Yeah. Just some kind of a payment I can do over my phone and just... I can ditch my wallet and only use it, you know, like my checkbook. I only use it. So am like I only bring my checkbook when I know I'll need it. We're right? not backing this. Is that what I'm getting? You have a checkbook? We're not backing this? <laughs> you animal. <laughs> I like the idea. I know, right? Well, actually, not anymore. Not anymore. I know. I'm just I have I have two checkbooks. So <laughs> I just I, thought it'd be well, funny. actually, what I did when I ran out of checks in my last book, I just decided not to order new ones. Uh-huh. So I, now I just tell people, sorry, I don't have checks. You have to come up with some other way for me oh, to okay. pay you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm digging what Files Copying's putting down. Uh, he says get uh, RFID stickers. What do you think, Files Copying? Should I do that? Maybe that'll solve it. I like that idea. Yeah. Stickers? Replacing the... Um, the strip on credit cards with yeah. RFID cards. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. That's so way once better. That happens, yeah. I mean, like, I'm talking about, like, completely nationally replacing credit cards uh, strips. Yeah. From, I've, like, most. I'll tell you what. I, I've only done one contactless, like, uh, phone payment at, uh, at a grocery store, and it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> you should have seen his face. It was like disgusted but happy. Like it, it was, was like it was amazing. I couldn't believe it. Like <laughs> so, I'm asking the lady because they they just turned it on. I'm asking the lady. So like, what do I do? And before I was done asking her, what do I do? The whole strength, the whole thing was done. Yeah, she's like, you're done. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, that's easy. I'm like, yeah, that is and that fast, was, right? Yeah, that, that's what she said. That's what she said. There's only a couple. There's a problem with the current systems for authentication. They hold the authentication too long. 
Uh, so someone could come uh, and have like oh, a, yeah. a, a, sure. a sniffer. Work he, that like, out, guys. You walk past all the registers and everybody's things are paid for. <laughs> yeah, nice. That'd be great. Let's, I hope, Oops. Let's, I'm going to look forward to them working the kinks out. Hopefully no, it the first transaction's mine. The rest is everybody else. Hey, I got something else you could bag. This is a guaranteed uh, winner. It's uh, yes. our uh, Linux Unplugged t-shirt, teespring.com slash LUP100, LUP100. Uh, it's already met its uh, reservation. We didn't have a very high reservation. Yeah. So uh, if you'd like to get a, a, a shirt for Linux Unplugged 100, it's up right now. If you're one of our frequent mumblers, why not rock it? There's some pretty bold colors on there as well. It also has episode 100 on the back of it, which is sweet. And there's also a long sleeve version available as well. Look at yeah. that. Look yeah. at that. I went with bright colors. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I like that one. Did you give me this one? I, I haven't bought ours yet, but I will. Okay. I, and you're going to get me this one? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. This, see, the thing and is, this one? I picked... I picked colors, and I knew that you'd like all of them except for the sea green one. But yeah. there are people that would like the sea green one. I know, one, I know. So, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> you do know me. Yeah. All right, teespring.com slash LUP100 if you'd like to celebrate uh, episode 100 of uh, Linux Unplugged now. And, and, sh- and wait, and support my creative genius. Because honestly, I think I did really good on this shirt. I, I designed it myself. Oh, because you made the, L- the LUG white? Yes. That's pretty good. Like, because it reads double. We should probably just actually have the logo like that. Yeah. Yeah, we should probably just update the logo to look yeah. like that's probably what it should. We should probably do I that. Would, <laughs> okay, I would Yeah. I will do that. Yeah, I was okay. thinking um I was thinking about making stickers with that same yeah. no, join let's our virtual let's just do it. Linux unplugged. Um okay, so also there's uh, there's some big things coming up schedule wise. Uh, so uh, OSCON oh is on the plate uh, two weeks from now. Yes. On the twenty second, we're gonna be in uh, Portland. Yes. And we have at meetup.com slash Jupiter Broadcasting now. So right now, we have the Spirit of 77 bar as our meetup location, which is just like a block down from the Expo Center. So that means anybody in the Portland area could come. But I think it might be 21 or older. Oh. And so I don't know. We might need to... Find a new venue. Or contact Spirit of 77 and find out what's up. Because they do have like like an upstairs area that's available. Well, Um, so you should go to jupiterbroadcasting.com forward slash calendar. Or is doing uh, well. One more thing okay. before we get off the Portland thing. Oh, okay. Uh, I'd like anybody in the area to come. Yeah. So if you are with, if within driving distance or traveling distance of Portland, meetup.com slash Jupiter Broadcasting. Come hang out with Noah and I, and you might be there as well. I'm not yeah. sure what we're doing that way, but we're going to have a get together in Portland, Oregon, and it should be really cool. Yeah. Now that does mean though it's going to interrupt this show schedule for a little bit. Yeah. So um, yesterday you announced you're taking next week off from this yeah. show only. Yeah. Uh, so far. And Just then, from the Daily Show to catch up a little bit. Yeah, and then the week after is OSCON. Mm-hmm. So in order to get all the footage and the meetup stuff. And, and travel. Travel, we're going to go ahead and take that week yeah. off as well. Now, it did cross our minds, and boy, would we love to maybe do a t- do Tech Talk live from OSCON. Yeah. Uh, but, and we normally would do that, except for this year, we're trying to make our OSCON trip um, like lean. Lean, because we're, we're bringing family. Yeah, and uh, Noah's bringing his family. We're bringing our family, and yeah. so uh, that means we don't want to bring all of our live equipment. Yeah, and so we're just going to take it as downtime. But in the future, when Tech Talk, when when I go to events like this, I'd like to try to do Tech Talk. I would yeah. love it to have done really two hundred cool. from Oscon. That yeah. would be amazing. Yeah, and we'll do two hundred back in the studio though. It'll be all right. But I went alive to it. That'd have been so cool. I think I'll be here for that one. Yeah, I think it'll land on a Friday. Your face, Ange. You don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm random. It will. No, <laughs> no. I'm going to schedule it as such that over on the Jupiter Broadcasting calendar, which if you look at it, has some doubling up of BSD nows and tech snaps because Alan is a traveling yeah. fool. There's going to be a lot of double, double tech snaps. <laughs> double, double. Uh, and uh, there's some other additional possible complications that, are, that I haven't oh, even. Oh, 
Yeah, like Unfilter is going to be on Friday, the yeah. week of OSCON, yeah. and um, Linux Unplugged is going to, yeah. So just keep your Linux eye on the calendar. Linux Unplugged is going to be on the Monday of the week of OSCON, so in two weeks, Linux Unplugged is going to be on a Monday. Yep. It's all on the calendar. Just to let you know, there are going to be some changes coming up, and this show will be off the air during that run while we're doing all of that to kind of ease up my schedule and give me some room and some breathing room to make that all possible. And then we'll be back on the air once we're back to our regular routines, yep. and we'll get to episode 200. So, and that all, it's all laid out on the calendar. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think there was something else to talk about, but I suppose if it's really critical, we could probably stiff, stuff it in the Sunday's faux show. So. Well, um, faux show summer project. Mm-hmm. I want to know what you guys are working on. You can email me, Angela, at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Mm-hmm. Email a picture or a video link, mm-hmm. a link to your video that you've uploaded to YouTube. And um, your IRC, Nick. And the show for the awards hasn't been determined, but, yeah. um, you know, if anything, I might be able to put it together for this Sunday. But that, you have enough submissions? Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it after the show. I don't know. Because we told people we'd be gaming, too, I so know. we'll figure it out. Yeah. It's a lot going on here at the JB1 Studios, but uh, it's. I think it'll be nice to go down to Portland and kind of take that easy. We were really on the fence about doing a show down there, but we decided probably it's best to, to stick with the original plan. But there's going to be some epic coverage. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And you'll see it show up in our shows. Yep. All right. Well, that'll wrap us up for today. I wanted to play something a little different uh, for our end of show video. And you and I have talked a lot about virtual reality, and sometimes I think like you're like, ugh, your eyes roll back, and you're like, virtual reality, schmality. You don't think it's got any practical application. Gaming, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Surgeries, well. maybe. Yeah, damn it. I wish you hadn't said that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> this is Shut me. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Just don't just stop talking and let me have my moment. But okay, no, you sorry. take it from me. You take, take it. it from I me. I take it. No, it's fine. Uh, actually, this isn't virtual reality. This is something a little different. <laughs> have you heard of augmented reality? Huh. Huh, no. Show me. Okay, this is cool. So this is augmented reality, and the idea is, instead of going into a complete virtual world, you you overlay... Oh, yeah, no. See, this is what makes me roll my eyes. Okay. All right, let's take a look. (laughs) Okay. All right, here we go. All All right, right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you back here in two weeks. Pretty sure I've seen this. Don't forget, you can keep the show warm over at techtalktoday.reddit.com. Just... You know, visit there, submit stories, keep voting. I'll keep checking in on there. And, of course, the other shows will be continuing on. And jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar is the place to get all of the latest updates in your local time zone. Thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. We'll see you soon. And enjoy this look at the future of Microsoft HoloLens. We've been teaching human anatomy the same way for 100 years. Students get a cadaver, then they look at medical illustrations, and it's completely two-dimensional, and the human body isn't. Microsoft HoloLens is a holographic computer that you wear. It enables you to bring your digital world into your real world. At Case Western Reserve University, we are focused on solving problems and creating new knowledge. My job is to teach, and I really think this could impact almost everything that we teach people. With HoloLens, you can see the muscles on top of the skeleton all at the same time. You can bring them in and out and exactly understand where things sit. You can take any anatomical part and show any of it. You can move it around, you can make it kind of translucent so you can see through the outside, and that really helped me understand like how cardiac anatomy worked. I actually had a moment where I found the aortic valve, and it was the first time that I'd actually seen the aortic valve in relation to all the other anatomical structures. You know, it was a way of seeing it that you couldn't do with an actual heart. 
I think this will improve students' confidence in learning anatomy dramatically. By creating simulations with the HoloLens that lets them have an experience where they can fail, that would be the best way to learn because we don't allow people to fail too much in real-life medicine. With HoloLens, you could imagine having a class standing around a model, almost like a tour group in a museum, where they're all interacting completely naturally. I spend a huge amount of time to make sure they become the best professionals because it's all of our jobs to make the world a better place. Working with Case Western Reserve University to create this paradigm shift so that we can leap together with students into the future of education. We believe that HoloLens is going to enable us to do that. We talked about being able to use it to teach art history. We have an anthropology department, too, that I think will enjoy this technology. Anytime we change the way that you see things, it changes the way that you understand them. As soon as you can change somebody's understanding, then they can change the way they see the world. Mm -hmm.